really hope that you have a dance party with us when you hear that opening little sequence each time because we are back here rocking out as though it was you know the party of the century welcome friends once again to your kick-ass career weekly wrap-up we are so glad that you are spending time with us here live if you are here live and if you're catching us on the replay we're super glad you're making the time to do that as well hi louise hello kim how are you this week i am sad that you are not physically in the building with me so i admit that Mm -hmm. And I'm celebrating, like, I have all that juicy goodness of energy that we kind of built up together last week, and that's really continued to flow into this week. And I feel really uh, excited and energized. And um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of good stuff that I'm just feeling. I'm feeling the good stuff right now. How about yourself? Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Uh, I'll, I'll just share a little bit of my experience within our collective. Um, mm -hmm. your kick-ass career collective. And this week, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, what was your question? You said you asked like, um, oh, what's instead of the red, yellow, green? Well, yeah. Instead of the red, yellow, green, like a check-in, we did this, like, what season are you in? And I loved this because, you know, I absolutely love fall. It, it often feels like a birth, like a renewal, like the beginning of my year. It's all of that school conditioning that we went into all of that beginning parts, right? And so oftentimes fall feels like that to me. And yet this week, I really felt like I was in the middle of winter and that I was buried in snow. And it, it, it's, it felt like I didn't know how to get out on top of it. And so we had some really great conversations around what does that look like? What do I need to get out on top of the snow and have a little fun, a play? Like winter is still full of play. And how do I how do I go from feeling like I'm buried or frozen to feeling like I can get out there? Winter's actually here in Winnipeg, like one of the sunniest times of year. We don't have a lot of daylight, but when we do, um, it is very, very sunny. And so how do I bring more of that into my life? And, and that really, I found really has stuck with me for the last couple of days as we wind out this week. And so I think I'm celebrating the collective. I'm celebrating that, that conversation, that, that, that group that we had. Um, I found it really, really, um, like I'm getting a lot out of the collective. We're part of it. We're not just facilitators, right? We are all together putting, pulling each other along. And so, yeah. Yeah. So um, I just threw up the the thing for the Kick-Ass Career Collective since you were talking about it. Um, it. It really is, you know, I'm all about how do we nurture? How do we nourish? How do we write? How do we grow? And it was a fascinating conversation. So um, just to kind of back step just a little bit. So generally what I do when I facilitate a group, I love asking a do a check-in and say, where are you? Red, yellow, green. Are you, if you're green, it's like things are go all, you know, go ahead. If it's yellow, it's like meh. And if it's red, it's all stop. And then what I love is most groups that I'm in, nobody says red, yellow, or green. It's something, it's like, I'm lime, I'm fuchsia. I'm, it's something <laughs> on the spectrum somewhere else. And in the collective, I was like, well, let's try this a different way this time. And so, yeah, that whole idea of, you know, where are we in our seasons? Mm -hmm. um, and 
it was fascinating that conversation some people picked fall because it was that period of rebirth and it's exciting and fresh and crisp um a couple of us talked about kind of being on the edge of winter and spring or spring and summer again it's really hard to have that hard line like i'm in spring <laughs> i'm in may <laughs> but it's like, i have this exact date that i feel like i'm in um but having that um place where we can feel like oh it is just a season right so winter particularly in in winterpeg is you know you do have to sometimes think about how do i dig myself out of here mm -hmm. so for me where i was in this like spring into summer place it's like there's so much growth that's happening but it hasn't fully blossomed okay. So it's that period of anticipation and expectation. And it's exciting because very often, again, when we think of where we are in our seasons, it's like, am I stuck here? You're not stuck there. You're not. And when we're blossoming, it's like we just don't we want to hold on to it forever. And here's the thing. If we hold on to that blossom forever, we never get the opportunity for regrowth and rebirth. And we never get to, you know, really experience that moving forward. So. <laughs> It was a fun thing. It was totally an experiment and it was super yep. fun. Um, in the comments um, or even drop us an email if you're not listening to us live, we'd love to hear like when you think about like what season are you in, um, share that. And what does that mean? What season is Charlie in? Charlie is, I don't know. He's telling me all about what's going on outside. That's for sure. Charlie has a lot to say today. So we may hear from Charlie more than once on today's episode. <laughs> So it's interesting talking about Charlie and talking about moving through seasons and kind of that idea mm -hmm. that we're not in a season to stay. There's always another season right after it. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've actually already moved through a season before it. So that's another cool thing. We're talking about scarcity today. And we very like that idea of getting stuck somewhere or I don't have anything to say. Thinking about Charlie having so much to say, it's where are those places, those crunchy places where we feel some scarcity? Amanda, absolutely. It is cat season. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for chiming in. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, often times we think about scarcity and abundance, and I would have to say it comes in one of those three limiting resources that we often struggle with, right? So our limiting resources, you and I, we talk about this a lot, um, is around money. We often mm -hmm. feel scarcity around money. We often feel scarcity around time. And the third resource is energy. And we often feel very scarce around that. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because uh, I'm actually working on... Um, a piece that I'm writing and it is about scarcity actually being the biggest myth that we tell ourselves. And I'm particularly writing around time um, because a lot of people, a lot of the entrepreneurs and, and business owners that, that show up that I work with, um, it's the scarcity of time, right? And, and it's so funny because it's not even, they're not even searching for like, I want time to take care of myself. I want time for my own things. That's not it. They're just so overwhelmed and they're feeling like there's no time to do all the things that need to be done. And sure, absolutely, there's a lot of shit to get done in the world all the time. <laughs> all the time. But to say you don't 
have time to live in time scarcity or financial scarcity or energy scarcity, it's actually a myth because the the way that we have attributed meaning, ascribed meaning to those things makes them feel scarce to us when in reality they just exist. I know it's, but it, it, it took me a long time to get my head around this idea that humans created money. We created time. We didn't create the cycles, but we created time. We made clocks and calendars and all that stuff. To right? track time because it's important to understand Right. As time slips away from us. Right. We, and I think it's also about control. Mm -hmm. A lot of this is. Yeah. Right. If we can name it, give it purpose, give it meaning, then we can control it. Yep. But we can't control time. It's going to keep going. Mm -hmm. We can't control money. We can influence money. Absolutely. How we spend it, how we receive it. Absolutely. Energy the same way. We can't control any of it. Right. Like, did you hear how high my voice went right there? I might have emotions with this. Well, and it's this whole idea of grabbing onto something, right? That is scarcity in its fundamental form. Anytime that we grab onto something, we feel like it's a scarce resource of some kind, right? And that can show up in all kinds of ways, right? It shows up in, um, control for sure, like we just talked about, shows up uh, around risk, right? Like playing it safe versus, right? Like what what can I hang on to? What do I know for certain? Um, hoarding is another one, right? We can hoard objects, we can hoard money, we can hoard knowledge, contacts, we can hoard all of these things. We keep it really, really tight. Scarcity is like this, right? Yeah. It's, it's all of your muscles, all of your, all of yourself, everything, you know, scrunched up as tight as it can be. Um, and that's very, very scarce. And uh, what we talk about a lot of times is like, how do you just like, let go of that a little bit? Yeah. You know, when I think of clients of mine, and when I even think of myself with this whole idea of scarcity, right? If we go back to how we felt, because yes, we're in that place now where it's like, okay, we can let go. But let's go back to that place before we actually ever knew that we ha- we were dealing with a scarcity mindset. Do you remember what that was like for you? Well, yes and not really, mm. uh, right? Because we are, there are these things that go, the, that voice, the, the things we say to ourselves um, that are, that come from that scarcity mindset that we don't even acknowledge as scarcity, right? Um, I'm not enough, um, right? It's all the language. It's the language we use to talk to ourselves that starts. Yeah, but that's what I, that's what starts the 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 scarcity mindset. Even the things around money. We have a fantastic best parts um, podcast around money where we talk about like where our money stories come from. And we could talk about that till the day is long. Um, but it's the, the things that we have ingrained and that repeat over and over in our, in our minds, in that voice that keep us in a scarcity mindset, right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, kind of 
scarcity, right? That there's, there's somehow there's this limited amount of stuff that there's a limited amount of time and it comes out in the words that we say. And especially that we reinforce that with that internal dialogue. Right. Well, and, and it, what you were just saying was funny because with money, right? The banks will go print more money, right? This is what they do. They go print more money. They put more into circulation. They take it out of circulation. They put more into circulation. They take it out of circulation. So somebody's creating a false sense of scarcity by doing that and abundance. Um, it just is. Money just is. Time, we actually do have a finite amount of time that we're walking on this earth in this lifetime. So when we deal with time, it does feel like, holy shit, what do I do? Because I am running out of it. Our bodies age, we change, right? So it's, this is, and we can see a clock changing. We can see the days, the week, and the months and the years go by. So it's so tangible in that way. That feels like, oh, it's slipping away from me. When in the reality is you only, you are only guaranteed this one moment. Mm-hmm. And so if you live into that moment, how abundant can you feel with time? Mm-hmm. It's just, a, oh gosh, I just got another gift, another moment, another gift, another moment. <laughs> like, I mean, can you imagine if you if you were cognitively walking around recognizing every moment that you got? It'd be like a super celebration all the time. Whoa, look what I just did. I have another moment. Right. Right. And, um, and the energy the same way. It's like, we don't have endless, boundless energy. Again, we have a physical corpus. We have this body that we're living in that sometimes has what feels like boundless energy and sometimes doesn't. So how do we learn to work with that for ourselves so that we aren't feeling like we are um, running out, that we are not mm-hmm. depleted? all the time and we were just talking about the language part of it 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 starts so young i can't do this i don't know how i shouldn't or as a parent you shouldn't Mm -hmm. right so when we start saying those words we're creating scarcity in our lives we're creating a mind that defaults to thinking there's not enough Mm -hmm. and i'll i'll never be enough and there will never, I will never have enough. Yeah. I mean, think of all the billionaires we've heard of that, that are actually operating from scarcity mindset. It's fascinating to me. It's not about the amount of money you have in your bank account. It's about how, what you think about that money. Right. Right. Or about that time or about that energy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the, the big things I talk about in the work that I do is centered around optimism, right? And so optimism actually is very abundant. It, it's ext- it, it comes from that abundant mindset. When you can see possibilities uh, or options um, and move towards those, uh, that is abundance. I believe when we talk about scarcity, kind of the flip side, like how do we become more optimistic, we're often coming from, we often think of the opposite of optimism as pessimism. Mm -hmm. And although that's true, I also believe the opposite of optimism is positivity. Um, Because pessimism and positivity come from a very fixed mindset, that there's only one kind of outcome. There's only a bad outcome and there's only a good outcome. I don't even like those words, but you know, like it's that there's only one outcome. And so really trying to understand that 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 outcomes that 
what you can and can't control really is the center of what we're talking about here. And it's about that abundant uh, mindset is that there are infinite number of options to, right, to be able to, to go into the next moment. Um, the only thing we control is this moment and then it's over. Right. And so if we try to grab on and hang on to that, uh, we lose that optimist, that optimism. And, and that can really, really impair our lives, uh, our work, our leadership, our teams, our businesses, uh, where it is that we we even can imagine going. Um, it becomes um, not even possible if we can't. Right. If you can if you can see it or imagine it, then there's an opportunity there to have it come true. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you talk about optimism. It's optimism is one that is a little crunchy for me still only because it lands so close to positivity in the way that I have been introduced to it throughout my life. Right. I recognize the difference. And I also know like optimism isn't optimism isn't necessarily the place that I don't personally, I do play in optimism. But when I talk about it, it feels a little crunchy because um, it feels like it, it defines People, I think, myself included, think of optimism as um, happy, joyful, <laughs> positive, like the the good right. things, right? right? Yeah. Whereas my understanding now, and also listening to listening to you, is this idea that optimism is is really about positivity, or not positivity, possibility. Possibility. It's about possibility. It's about what is possible. Yes. And yes. I very often, so I do talk about choice. I use the word choice because choice allows us to see possibility as well. At any moment, in any given day, with any situation, you are 100% in choice. And having that choice and recognizing that choice means that you have an opportunity for possibility. Right. Right. And and when you're there in that moment, are you, are right, because you're in choice, and you don't know the future, right? Let's lean towards that optimistic, right? That place that that's going to get us farther down the road. Right. When right. you're in choice, like why would we want to see the brick wall? Right. Why wouldn't we want to see the path? Because you're in choice, and anything in the next moment is possible. Um, yeah. Well, and it's yes, and I know that a lot of people who are listening, right? A lot of a lot of our clients show up with that initial thing of, but I can't. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how. I I can't go there. Look at all that's wrong in my life. Look at all that's wrong in the world. Look at I. Look at it all. It's bad. It's horrible. Oh my gosh. So Kim, what are some things that when we when we start to to be in that space? that feels very heavy. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. It gets really, really heavy. A lot of stuff in our lives, right? Like I often see it as like just piles and piles of sticky notes and right at one or two, I don't feel so heavy. You can walk around with that. But when you get piles and piles of it on, it starts to impair, you know, your movements and where you're headed. So what are some things that folks can do to start recognizing and, and maybe changing their mindset from, from one of scarcity to abundance. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I imagine the backpack. The backpack mm -hmm. is like, right? And the backpack just gets, and it's boulders that are going in there. It's like, whoa, I am just, oh, 
laden down with this heaviness. So um, two things that I like to work with um, people on is the initial one is just to bring them into the moment. I do a lot of mindfulness work with my clients. I do a lot of mindfulness work for myself. Um, It's really about coming into the moment because very often, not very often, every time (laughs) we are in that place of scarcity, anxiety, fear, worry, we're either future thinking or past thinking, Mm -hmm. right? Anxiety and depression, it's all about future thinking and um, and past thinking. And I, I'm not talking about clinical depression and anxiety, although it does play a part in those as well. But as a non-clinician, it's really important that we're talking about the um, emotions of anxiety and depression and how that can manifest in our lives and not the clinical. Just want right. to put in that little footnote. Um, that said, so bringing us back to the moment and I think I did this either last week or two weeks ago, um, where it's it's using this very simple mindfulness technique to bring us in the moment. Because when we're in the moment, if we ask ourselves, what is ha- what is happening right now? Is there anything wrong right now? Very often, unless you are like dealing with a bear that is about to eat you in that moment, and even in that moment, you haven't been eaten yet. <laughs> right in this moment, everything is okay. It's not about what's going to happen in three, 32 seconds. It's not about what just happened, you know, 15 minutes ago. Right. I love you, honey. I'm just going to say that. Not about what happened 15 minutes ago. It is about this moment. And so that that mindfulness thing that I did on, on a previous episode, it's that 54321, where you start by, you just sit and you look around and you either out loud or in your brain, name five things that you can see. You name four things that you can hear, three things that you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste, and in under a minute, you don't generally go that fast, but in under a minute, you have this opportunity to slow down your breathing, to reduce the parasympathetic system, to get yourself into a place where you can be mindful of your moment. And in that moment, take a look and see, is there anything wrong right now? Not what do you think? Not, oh shit, my boss asked me to get this. Not, oh God, I have another client in 37 seconds. What am I going to do? I'm not prepared. No, in this moment, not the next moment, in this moment. And just keep bringing yourself back to that moment because that really helps us recognize that in the moment, everything is okay. And if everything is okay, we're not in scarcity, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing. And then the second thing is I couple that with gratitude because we, well, we've all heard about the benefits of gratitude. There's lots of studies out there of all the reasons why we do gratitude. One of the things that I find really grounding about gratitude is that again, it brings us back to those little moments those little celebrate, we talk about celebrations. It brings us back to that little place of, oh, look what I did, or oh, look who's in my life, or wow, I have light and heat. I am super grateful for that. I'm super grateful I don't have to dig myself out of the snow today, right? So those two things coupled together, I find really helpful in in starting to make strides of reducing the level of scarcity you feel in your life. 
How about you, Louise? Any any tips, tricks? Yeah, I think oftentimes because we don't recognize that we are operating from a scarcity mindset is to actually be able to take some time in, in a really short period of time. I'm not talking like you don't have to journal for an hour, but at the end of the day, your work day or your day day, um, whatever that looks like, is to take some time to look back on the day and really look at what does scarcity look like? Where, where were you scarce in that day? Um, right. Knowing now a little bit more about what scarcity sounds like, what was that internal dialogue for you? Um, but it's, it's building in a reflection period into your day to say, I'm just going to pause, just like, I'm going to just be in this moment. There's not a future or a past. I'm going to reflect back on the day and, and what can that look like? Um, coupling that with what am I celebrating? What did I accomplish today that feels really good? I am all about celebrations. You know that. Um, because we don't take enough time to celebrate those things. And we're not talking about big, huge things. I'm talking about like, where did you show up in, in a way that you're really proud of in this last day? Or what did you accomplish that feels really good? And it could be, right? I moved my body a little bit more, right? Uh, it could be I drank another glass of water. It could be I helped someone um, do something that made them feel really great. Like we're talking about these these celebrations and taking the time to do that starts us on the path of what optimism actually feels like. And, and I think that's a huge piece of it. The other thing that um, I also really love to do is that if you don't know, like, what is abundant, like, what does, a, like, what do abundant people do? Like, who's abundant? You know it. So, like, find those people and, and, and what are they doing? What are they saying? What are they, like, start to really understand for you. Sometimes when we don't have the language or the, the the words to put to those feelings, that when we can observe other people, it becomes really fascinating. You say, holy smokes, that person is way more pessimistic than I even imagined. There's scarcity all over the place, right? Or holy cow, like, look at that person who really seems to have a handle on their time management skills, what are they doing, right? Like, and so really kind of unpacking what that can look like comes from our environment. People are doing all kinds of amazing things around us that we're not even paying attention to. And so sometimes that can be a doorway to help you start to say, oh, that's what abundance looks like. Oh my gosh, I am saying that I can't. I'm saying I can't 18 times an hour. Uh, right. And so just kind of recognizing what that can look like. But oftentimes it just comes from taking the time to see what's going on around us. Yeah. Well, it's funny, right? It's And I just want to repeat some of these words again, because I find that gateway, right? Again, it, it's you may not necessarily know unless this is your world and you talk about this stuff all the time. You may not recognize that you're you're operating from scarcity. You just may feel out of I would use the term alignment. You may feel anxious, worried. You may not be sleeping well. You may um, be pessimistic. You may have um, the feelings of uh, a fear of losing your job or fear of losing your business or fear of losing your partner. These things will sh start showing up when you're, when you're operating primarily from a scarcity mindset. The words that you're using, 
I can't, I don't, I shouldn't, I'll try, right? Because trying isn't committing. Um, it's I, um, we had a whole list of them. Those were the top ones. What are some of the others that 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 we say when we're in scarcity? I'm um, not enough. I don't know enough. I don't have enough. Um, yeah. Right. Those those things. Uh, it usually is the knots. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything that has a knot, an N-O-T um, yeah. in it um, can feel really, really scarce. Um, and I won't get the job. I won't get the client. I can't write the, mm -hmm. and that's not right. Cause the yeah. end apostrophe yeah. P is you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think too, that it's, it's about just slowing, slowing it down for a moment. Right. And even if you think about coupling, what Kim and I are talking about, right. Think about doing a, a really quick meditation exercise that grounds you into the moment and then being able to observe what's happening or being able to reflect on your day, um, being able to look forward to tomorrow to set right to to make a change. Um, those those kinds of things can move you through a scarcity mindset. And I know celebration can be a crunchy place for a lot of people as well, because it's like, how can I celebrate this? I, I should, because should is a big part. Should, I mean, we talk about should all the time. Should, yeah. should is a massive limiter. It is yeah. a massive scarcity mindset because who the hell made the rule book? Yeah. Belongs to someone else. It's not your, it's not, it's not yours. It may feel like yours. yours. You may be yeah. aware yeah. that no, that I said the should. Right. It should is what's so it, uh, I was working with a client earlier this week and it was this conversation we were talking about celebration and it was it was really challenging for them to find a place of celebration they were like I, I feel really silly celebrating that I'm brushing my teeth and I was like what would have happened if you were sick if you weren't physically able if right? Something happened. You're not able to brush your teeth. And she's like, well, then for some period of time, she said, well, then I would be really excited that I could brush my teeth. I said, great. So then what's the difference? Why is there a magnitude difference? Right? Why, why do we have to make only big things worth celebrating and little things not? Mm -hmm. Everything is a gift and we just don't treat it like that. Yeah. Well, just that whole coming at it from that competition, right? Like we're, we're, we're setting like, uh, I should be there. I should be that far along in my career. I should be that far along in my business. Right. I, I should, I should be fill in the blank. Yeah. All that's all a, that's a competition and competition is scarcity. Cause that means that there's, there's not. Enough. I'm laughing because I was totally called out on this today. So I very, I very often when I think about my business, I'm like, I should be, and I'm practicing how I say Z now that I live in Canada. <laughs> I, I always see myself at Z and I'm like, well, maybe I'm only currently at, you know, C or D, but I see myself at Z and she called me on it. And she's like, that's called entitlement. Erin, if you're listening, thank you very much. That was called entitlement. And I was like, you're right. I feel like I don't necessarily have to make that jump. And yet what's wrong with me that I didn't get there? And that was a limiter. So my, my entitlement of thinking I should be there. And there's a positive thing, right? It's a positive vision of the future of my business. And there was a limiting belief that 
what's wrong with me that I haven't gotten there yet. Right. So I'm totally laughing because I got completely called out. <laughs> so if you're there too, we go well, through this as well. It's a, it's a process, right? Oh like we're God. not saying that, like, you know, like let's like just like snap our fingers and we're all going to be abundant and the world's going to be great. That's not how this works. Right. But it's not uh, one of them either. Right. Yeah. I mean, we very often think, and I don't know how often you hear this, but I hear it all the time is like, um, shouldn't I be there yet? How often do I have to practice this? How long is this going to take? You know, when we start with new clients and it's like, well, this is actually a way of living. It's just like, right. If you're going vegan, it's a way of living. <laughs> this is how you live now. If you're diabetic and don't eat sugar, if you're, if you need to be gluten, it's just a way of living. If right. this is, if you are choosing to not live in scarcity, this is the way that you need to practice for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's about practicing because nobody gets it perfect. Right. And I'm going to do a plug for your kick-ass career collective, because that is where these conversations start. Some of these things that Kim and I bring to uh, this event, this podcast, start with really great conversations with questions that, um, that come up uh, in there. And they also come from our listeners who email us and let us know what's going on. And so you can do that at your kickass career at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, and let us know what's on your mind. What, what do you think is holding you back? Um, where would you like us to go? What are some of the things you want to um, us to bring up? And so what is you just said, what's holding you back, which comes from scarcity. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to grow? Like we're open to those questions as well. Absolutely. Right. So golden nugget, golden nugget. Ooh, oh, so many golden nuggets. Um, I'm going to go back to optimism. It's something I've been working on because I, there, there are several people that I really value their opinions who have been talking a lot about optimism lately. And I initially was like, Oh, now I can't listen to them because they're focusing on optimism. And I've been listening more and I've been doing my work and I'm like, okay, let's actually listen to what they mean by that. Let's be open. Let's have a growth mindset and, and be open to learning something. So I think you're bringing optimism into this conversation. Ooh, added a nice layer for me personally to be able to walk away and say, yeah, this is right. Optimism is the opposite of optimism. Isn't pessimism. The opposite of optimism is positivity, right? It's the glitter on poop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for that. What about you? What's your golden nugget? Um, you know me, I'll talk about optimism until the day is done. I do, um, and I don't turn you off. So, <laughs> so I love the reminder about um, just getting recentered in the moment, in this moment. And uh, those, those meditation exercises that you do, uh, all of those things can really, it, it just, it collapses the noise and so that we can focus on what's important um, in the moment. And that's where we really get that clarity, right? You talk from, from chaos to clarity. And that really is what that is, right? Is, is where do we collapse um, the, the noise down to be like the thing that we hear is our breath, uh, right? Whatever, whatever that looks like. So that was a really great reminder too, to say like, um, to come at anything um, from 
a uh, that center, that clear mindset allows us to to switch. I think from scarcity to abundance. We have to get we have to get grounded before we're able to do that. Absolutely, yeah. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. And yeah, it's that was a, that's a big practice that I have to continue to do. And you know, I, I alluded to 15 minutes before we got on here. I did not do that, and it would have probably been helpful had I. So, um, um, when we are meeting next week, which is November, mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're listening to this live or on October 28th, there are only 64 days left in 2022 before we get to 2023. And I can stop saying 2020, 2022, because that's what this whole year has been. <laughs> we just wrap up that whole 2020, 20, as a whole great big, whatever this is, whatever it's been. Yeah. Um, so next week, we're going to be talking about right sizing your risk, which goes along with this idea of scarcity and abundance, right? Mm -hmm. um, so many of us feel like so much is at risk right now, has been at risk, but there was that, there was a little growth bubble at some point, I think in 22, beginning of 22, end of 21, beginning of 22, we started to feel like things were opening up. We were opening up. People started traveling again. So globally, the collective, and I don't mean our collective, but I mean the collective of humanity was feeling some growth and abundance. And that is starting to collapse and in on itself again. And so people are feeling really scared and their tolerance for risk is way down because of what we've just been through for the past three years. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a good one. So don't miss it. You can catch us live here Fridays, 1 Central, 2 Eastern, uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and YouTube live. Uh, um, or tune in, catch the replay on any one of those streams um, or check us out where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, we're in that mix um, yeah. right up there. We make it easy. We want to make it easy for you to, to find this, to get the um, goodness. And, uh, you know, remember, please reach out to us. Um, this idea of um, the risk of right sizing your risk actually came to us from a listener. So um, we're answering that question. We're dealing with the, that um, that topic um, because of um, some questions that we heard from some listeners. So um, please drop us an email. I'm going to throw that one there, right there. Drop us an email. Let us know. And if you're interested in being a guest and being part of the conversation, we're welcome. Uh, we would welcome your application to do that as well. So just drop us an email. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Louise, what do you have to say as we close out? You know what I have to say. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Have a fabulous weekend. All right. Bye for now. Bye for now.